Wait, you haven't seen that? Hello and welcome back to a past potential pick. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylor Sogol. Earlier this week, we talked about John Carpenter and his amazing Halloween franchise that he launched in 1978. We figured we should tackle another John Carpenter film, as this is the last episode of this month of October and Halloween just a few days away. So we decided to tackle the 1982 science fiction horror film, The Thing a movie that I definitely had seen a few clips of on like, you know, best horror movies of all time, but I've never seen the film. I think Taylor, you had seen a few clips, but never seen the whole thing. So we decided to tackle the film. So uh, Taylor, give us a brief synopsis of this film. Absolutely. So the thing tells the story of a group of American researchers in Antarctica who encounter the eponymous thing, which is this parasitic, uh, extraterrestrial life form that assimilates, imitates other organisms. And um, really the premise of the film is this group overcoming the paranoia and conflict as they they can't trust each other. They don't know who's human, who's not. And so it's really tackling, I mean, the real enemy in this film is uh, human humanity itself. And so I think it's really, uh, a lot of the film is just kind of like, um, who can you trust? Who can't? And I think that what kind of leads into the scariness of the film. And I love the tagline of the original poster was the ultimate in alien terror. And you had to think about like this was, you know, years after Alien, where we started having a lot of these, you know, very scary, you know, B-movie science films. And I think the 80s did really good. Uh, what struck me out of this movie, going back and watching it, um, although there's those moments, it really was kind of the turning point in the 80s where we were using a lot of animatronics, but horror became a lot more, uh, let's just say, gross. Uh, this film is... Very gross. Uh, <laughs> just, just, I just for, didn't realize how graphic this movie is at times. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like, And it's and it holds up pretty well, I will say that. It does. Um, yeah, this, this definitely has like, just for the base plot alone, is very much like Alien. Uh, if Alien is the plot of a cruise in space, goes to a rescue beacon, brings back a specimen, the specimen takes out one by one everyone, minus the one survivor at the end. This is very similar. Just the whole thing is in Antarctica. It's just, you know, in a different uh, here on Earth. But there's some really cool just you, you get the isolation and how that already would drive you mad. But then the fact that there's this thing that is slowly but surely tackling, you know, each person one by one. And are, they they literally the fact that they can become exactly what that person looks like, you know, there, it's a very gross process of how that happens. But when the process is done, you, you it's, it just looks like another human being. So it looks very much like almost the invasion of the body snatchers. You know, there's been a lot of movies where people are possessed or, mm, yeah. uh, you know, copies or robots. And this has that vibe to it. But yes, we have to bring up here for a section just talking about the creature design and special effects. This movie is gross uh, in all the best ways. So, you know, for sci-fi, the thing that this is an assimilation, this this alien can 
uh, you know, start to copy, you know, it'll, it'll essentially attack someone and start to take over their body. And so it's a very gross process. A lot of just like body parts and blood and gore. And it just, <laughs> so, but the creature design, I have to bring up here. So Bon was used who uh, Carpenter used with the fog. Mm-hmm. We have to bring about Stan Winston, who, yeah, who he did came on to do the kind of the final touches, and he did a lot. You know, you know, moving on to Terminator, and he's and he was he worked on Alien and so, so many big movies that we love, Jurassic Park. He he did creature design for a ton of stuff, but I mean, like the first big scene with the Alien is, uh, you know, there's this husky wolf dog that is like, you know, just chilling around the and I love how the movie starts with like this helicopter sequence where like it looks like they're trying to shoot at this um at the dog and i'm like how bad of aimer i mean literally they're right above it and shot over and over and over they don't shoot it and then the helicopter eventually just like crashes and it's just crazy and it's a it's a swedish team right that they're norwegian, like norwegian. Or norwegian yeah norwegian i think they make a joke like uh, the swedes they're norwegian uh so <laughs> but you're like getting the vibe that they're they're hunting this thing for a reason and this is going to set up the whole, uh, okay, we need to go back to their their base and see what the hell happened. But when this, this thing is put in the pen with the other dogs, and then instantly the face opens up, almost kind of like the Demi-Gorgon for a second there, and it's just gross. It's like these tentacles start to come out, these little wispy tentacles, and it's just like ooze and gore and slime, and that's just the beginning. You know, as we get further along, the creatures get crazier and dark and even there was a point where you know at one point a head pops off of a body and then starts to grow like spider legs like crab legs and i was like i see the inspiration of when they did it part two uh when stanley's got the little you know spider legs well and it's it's funny because i had seen bits of parts of this but then i went and saw the prequel one that came out which is essentially as a prequel because where that ends this one starts off but i think this really did a great job in the beginning kind of setting up the you know what happened here something went went down um and i you know what I, one of my favorite scenes though is when they're trying to resuscitate one of the guys and his chest opens up, opens and the up, guys and bites him, bites his arms, which is actually cool. I found out that that was actually a real person who was an amputee, and they created the arms with the uh, gelatin and stuff like that. So to make it as realistic as possible, <laughs> um, so I thought that was like that was pretty intense. But um, yeah, just just very gross. And I like the idea that we really don't know what the alien's true form looks like. Yeah, we never see it, even to the end. There's the end brings up this giant kind of like mega form of it but it's kind of like the sum of its parts some of all the things it's you know uh assimilated over the course of the film uh and that is the creepy thing is that you don't really know what it is and i like that a big part of this film which why this film works so well and this is exactly how alien worked is there's not it's not always a thing in the dark that's coming out to scare you it's the tension of wait is that person real or is that the aliens taking over them I mean, there's literally a time where they're like, they're okay, well, we got to figure out who's human. So everyone's tied up next to each other. And then the one guy starts like, oh my God, like, get me off this thing. And it's like, you know, so there's these moments. And I just love how it ends because it ends with such a dramatic, like, oh, uh, you know, who nobody still, still nobody trusts whoever. Like, oh, where'd you go? You know? And I love the visuals. You got to say, I mean, just apart from the special effects, there's some great visuals. You know, the whole, it's a very dark, creepy you know our antarctica base and even when they go to the norwegian base it's all abandoned there's some really like 
a guy who's been killed, but all his blood has been frozen. Like, you know, his neck's been sliced and just like frozen blood. But, you know, a big part of this is they, they eventually go out and see this giant spaceship that's been stuck in the middle of ice. And that's where this creature came from. Just some creepy visuals because you think Antarctica, you know, this abandoned wasteland of just nature, how all that, uh, you know, builds up. But you got to mention here a great cast. Uh, this is a full male cast. There is no females in this movie. Uh, Kurt Russell, who would have been John Carpenter mainstay for a little while, is the, the lead here. And a couple of people that I definitely recognize. And I was like, oh, wow, like a young Keith David yep. uh, is one of there. Um, and it's it's this kind of like, yeah, this this team kind of dealing with all this stuff. We got uh, A. Wilford Brimley in there. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. have diabetes. Um, who we, of course, love as the uh, postmaster general in uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you got T.K. Carter, David Clennon. Richard Dysart, Charles Hallahan, Peter Maloney, uh, Donald Moffat. Yeah, all these guys. A lot of them, they just feel like they really generally fit in the the like film. They didn't feel out of place. And there's this kind of hierarchy of who kind of does what and, um, you know, kind of following who. But once the mayhem starts, once the paranoia sits in, you, you see Kurt Russell really starts to take the lead. And I love the I love the thought that a lot of the crew don't trust him. They think that he's maybe under the, but he's kind of, He's, he's at his wits end. So he's got like a dynamite stick. He's like, I'm going to blow this at any point. So we're going to do this thing where they, you know, they take bits of blood and they heat it up and they attack it. And even that was a cool special effect. Oh, but yeah. One guy that is, who's been assimilated, the moment they attack the blood with the heat, it like plops off and it starts to like ah! cutting it back. <laughs> it makes yeah. a weird noise. <laughs> Creepy. Like, oh also, gosh, yeah, that, just the way the alien, whenever it's in a human or someone, it's like, like, yeah, like the, the one guy. Sounds. Yeah, like one character where they're like he hadn't fully assimilated, and he, you see him, and he's like, and he's like, well, who is that? I was like that. He would have sounded talk like him, but he was like doing like a Chewbacca noise. Like that's definitely not him. So yeah, what a. I'm glad that we went back and revisited this, and just kind of just goes to show that you know John Carpenter, what a visionary um, that he you know tackling these. I think the big part of what makes his horror films great is not so much the terror and the night; it's the imagination of you know. And the paranoia and stuff of what that human humanity is sometimes the biggest enemy uh, and to be feared. Just got to bring up, you know, composer also Ennio Morricone, who did so many films, famous composer. Westerns, yeah. And, you know, The Good, Bad and the Ugly. Ooh! Um, he's in here as the composer. Uh, fantastic. But yeah, a little shout out to I just love that, you know, eventually John Carpenter would want to make this film because. Uh, for those fans of Halloween, if you well remember, the two kids that are being babysat by Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, during the movie, are watching the classic black and white version of the thing during that, that night that Michael Myers comes and attacks the neighborhood. Uh, so that's kind of a fun little like Easter egg to think that that was there. And then not only before, as four years later, he would have had this version. But I think nothing has really outdone this time period of how these special effects with the way that the cinematography, the tension, the fear, it's just a classic sci-fi horror film. Yeah. And I think the fact that when it first came out, it had horrible negative reviews. And I think that over the years, it's been what many say is a cult following. And rightfully so. I mean, going back and watching this, I'm very surprised that it got the reviews it did because I really enjoyed going back into this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little cheesy at times, but it's creepy for sure. And unsettling. And the, the gross factor is there. So 
definitely we recommend you check out 1982's The Thing. I'm sure you can find video on demand or it's probably on TV somewhere. Or you can get it on DVD slash Blu-ray. So get that, get going on that. Watch The Thing. And happy Halloween this weekend. And that was this edition of Past Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.